It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today we're concluding our latest guest in the Off the Road interview series, talking story with folks around the world during the pandemic. Hear everything we've done so far at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. And that includes yesterday's segment with guitar great George Benson, who returns to the show with a new live album, Weekend in London, recorded at the famous Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club last year. He's got strong Hawaii ties, too. He lived on Maui for a time, and his first instrument was the ukulele. And lucky enough for us, he had one handy when we connected with him remotely at his house in Arizona, as we continue with George Benson. Reminds me of my beginnings. That was me on the ukulele when I was seven years old. Actually, that's me trying to play what I did when I was seven. <laughs> Sounds so good, George. Well, this ukulele was given to me by a Hawaiian, uh, I guess about 25 years ago. And I don't remember his name, but I remember he was a good player himself. But he used to always come to my house with a gift. And I think he gave me two or three of these things. <laughs> I just found this one recently. So I said, I'm going to keep it on my desk here and pick it up and play it every now and then. Well, I seldom pick it up and play it, but it's great to look at. <laughs> oh, it sounds so good. Well, maybe we'll get you to play a little something in a moment here. Let's talk about the record for a second. You play so many great songs on this. So for folks who haven't been there, explain the significance of this venue. Ronnie Scott's in London, which incidentally is where Hendrix played his last ever uh, notes on stage. And why did you record there? Well, first of all, my usual places of playing in London were Royal Albert Hall or Wembley Arena in and around London, all the big towns. Place Ronnie Scott is, is considered the European's greatest jazz nightclub. Ronnie Scott himself was a saxophone player who loved jazz. He knew all the great ones and he hired as many of them as he could to come play in his club. It's beautifully lit. They have like candle lights at the tables. You can order a dinner there. Every seat in the house was a great seat. You could even sit right down front and be kicked in the head by whoever on stage because <laughs> the stage is so small. <laughs> but yet they put the Buddy Rich Orchestra up there, the Count Basie Orchestra, and anybody else that they thought could fit on that band's there. So I saw some great shows there myself. Wow. I love being in the building because it had that atmosphere. You know, it was a very uh, sophisticated jazz first attitude not everybody plays jazz but that was the first and foremost thing that ronnie wanted played in his club and he was a typical englishman i loved it when he scolded the audience when they made too much noise he would come on on my microphone and in a very english way would say you don't have to get home or go home but you do have to get out of here and he adds some some pretty strong words with that you know I just loved to hear him talk. He was so sincere. He didn't accept me at first because I wasn't really known as a jazz player. But by the time we left there in two weeks, you know, I, I played there like 40 years ago. And I brought the young kid Earl Clue with me. Oh, wow. Earl was about 17 or 18 years old at the time. Unbelievable. And he was the biggie. Every night, or just about every night in those two weeks, John Williams, the great classical guitar player. You remember him? Yeah. He's since retired. He retired at 30 years old. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then 
my newfound friend, John McLaughlin. Oh, wow. Was the up and coming superstar of the jazz guitar world. He came by to hear us almost every night. So we were being scrutinized very heavily by, by English musicians. And it was a great two weeks. So now we come back. I played all over the world, played London many times. We have one of the biggest records at, at Wembley Arena. We've sold it out over 40 times. And we played the, the most prestigious hall, in, I think, of all of Europe is uh, Royal Royal Albert Hall. We played it many times. So they allowed me to go into Ronnie Scott's. It, it couldn't hurt them. <laughs> we have some very big records in that part of the world. And so I knew that during the show, we would have to get a lot of those in. I had no program. I had nothing um, scheduled. I bounced off of the people who were in the audience. They would look at me in some strange way or the anxiety was setting in. And I said, you know what? We're going to play this right here. It's awesome. And even the band didn't know what I was going to play next. I love but that it. That kept them alive because uh, they didn't fall asleep playing the same songs they knew <laughs> backwards, you know. They had to wait till I announced it, and then they had to prepare all of their instruments. And that keeps them weak on the bandstand and alive, and it makes the show fresh. And we did that at Ronnie Scott's, and it worked very well. So many great tunes, too, FYI. Dave Edmonds, I Hear You Knockin's on there. Donny Hathaway's The Ghetto. Of course, Give Me the Night, Turn Your Love Around. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of cool about you, um, when you were a little kid, your stepfather, finding that ukulele in a garbage can when you were just seven, correct? That's what you told me before. What it is, that's what, how it happened. Your very first instrument. And there you are, you're sitting there in Arizona. You've got that thing in your hand. This is a place that you lived for several years. You've even had children born here, like Christopher Kiki Kiki Copa, Julian Benson over at Maui that's Memorial. It. You know that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play us a little something on that ukulele that you think, anything that you think just that would make people feel good, put a smile on their face, make them know there's a little ease that George Benson is spreading? Well, uh, here's a song I used to sing on the street corners. Remember, I'd be walking the street corners with a ukulele in my hand. I knew somebody was going to stop me because they always did. <laughs> they would ask me, hey, kid, can you play that thing? And I would always go, get your hand, get your gun, leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet on the sunny side of the street. Get your gun, leave your worries on the doorstep. Just direct your feet on the sunny side of the street. That kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Thank you for playing that for everybody here in Hawaii. I hung out with the great musicians there, including the man you ended up calling Uncle Willie K. You know, it's an incredible story, man. When I was basking in the sun of uh, the album Breezin, and a couple of others, Weekend in L.A., which had on Broadway on it. This kid used to come up uh, to me backstage and ask if he could sit in. I think he was only in his teens then, maybe 17 or 18 years old. And he was very good then. I realized he lived not too far up the street from where I was living in uh, Kaanapali. I think he lived in Lahaina, though. So we became casual friends. And then after that, every time I heard him, he was better. He had conflict with his family because they didn't like the fact that he had a, 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 a holly for a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and 
he liked Pacalolo, they said. <laughs> I don't really know if that's true, but they said his dad was not comfortable with any of that. And so he had to leave home. And he became the superstar in the islands, and rightfully so. He could out-sing just about anybody I knew and outplayed most anybody I know on the guitar. He was just so talented, man. He was a showman from the, from his heart. And I enjoyed going and listening to him play many times. So when I left the islands, I figured I had left a lot because one of my favorites of all time was in the island. What, what was his name? Um, Gabby. Uh, Gabby Pachinui. Nobody had a voice like that. And I liked the album that he did with his son. It was one of my favorites because they'd be talking to each other. Oh, Pakinui, Pakinui, baby. And the dad would say, you know, that kind of thing. But his voice was just so magnificent. And I was friends with uh, Henry. Kalealoha Allen. Henry Kalealo Allen. And I used to say it better than I'm saying it now. And uh, he and his wife used to invite us out to their house, and she would cook up some meals that you can't get anywhere else in the world. He played all of the malls around uh, Lahaina. And when they built the new mall right across the street from my house, uh, Whaler's Village. Oh, wow. He put on great shows with the hula girls. And, man, that was, to me, that was Hawaii. And you just sharing some great memories, and uh, especially with the recent passing of Willie, a giant way that you paid tribute to him, because uh, we just had Alice Cooper on the air paying tribute to him, too, who, who uh, like you, spent some time with him there, giving you a huge hug and a high five. And you got it right back. <laughs> I know. I feel it. Hope you had fun doing this, brother. Lots of fun. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be Hawaiian for one more day. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, George. All right, brother. Yeah. 